Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. Big win for the Chiefs in Kansas City Monday Night Football. Kind of a shaky start, though, man. It kind of was feeling like Rocky Four for a little bit in the beginning. The Raiders came out swinging big time. I didn't feel like Kansas City was ready to play. Las Vegas hit him right upside of the face with some big shots, that long touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. Hey, that took a lot of starch out of Kansas City at the very start. But uh, to the Chiefs' credit, they were able to come back. Second half was, for the most part, all theirs. And you get a 30-29 to win. I really found it to be an extremely entertaining game from uh, the suspense standpoint. Uh, here you have a coach, uh, Josh McDaniels, who has to make a decision. And I can't argue with it. I probably would have done the same thing. But instead of going for a tie, he goes for the win. He has a running back who has, this is Josh Jacobs we're talking about, who has had 133 yards rushing in this game and has been just a beast to try to bring down. Sends him into the middle of the line, and the Chiefs, who have a huge defensive front four, were able to stop him and prevent a two-point conversion. There is the margin of victory, 30-29. to 29. Now, had he made that two-point conversion, we might have seen a completely different story, but then again, you don't know how the teams would have rallied. There's so many intangibles involved, but that was a good win for Kansas City, one they had to have because they go into a maelstrom coming up on Sunday. They're back at home against the Bills, and uh, the O-line's going to definitely need to be woken up because I think that was right out of the gate. One of the biggest problems they had on offense was that Mahomes was running for his life, and uh, a couple of the guys on the edge were not containing at all. There is a lot of criticism of Orlando Brown, and rightfully so. We made the criticism last year on a couple of games. You may or may not remember this, but thought he's getting beaten. On that, uh, on that end, that offensive end position that he's trying to block, and he was beaten consistently last night. There are a great number of concerns for him. Does he have the lateral movement, as big as he is, to be able to keep people out? And he did not. You're right about Mahomes, but then again, he likes to run for his life. That's part of his shtick. He is very good at lateral movement, especially to his right, which is obvious because he is right-handed. And he can, he can find and buys himself enough time to find those receivers downfield. The stat that I found to be extremely interesting in this game was Kelsey, who had seven catches, 25 yards. Seven for 25. Boy, they held him in check, didn't they? Yep, held him to four touchdowns is what they did. Kelsey is very good at finding the holes in, in uh, a uh, zone defense and getting some help. Now... Here's one of your penalty fixations. <laughs> you guys are harping on the penalty about the the uh, passing, roughing the passer, and the media has, this is senseless, it had nothing to do with the game. It was probably not a real good call, but you're going to find them. How about the calls that were not made against the Chiefs when they had, and I picked out three of them, illegal picks in the game, which are really, in all, all fairness, offensive interference. But nope, they didn't call them. Maybe they were brush blocks, but it doesn't matter. They are picks, and that freed Kelsey on a couple of occasions to get into the end zone, and he was there. He's a fine player, absolutely fine player, and Mahomes is, Mahomes is the catalyst for that ball club. 
but playing at home really did help them last night. Well, okay, well, before, let's let's go back to those penalties. We're not just going to brush over that. Your pick thing, first of all, I get what you're saying, and they are, but that's the way the game's played. Most of these players are all doing that to each other because they're banking on the fact that they're going to do it so quickly that's the refs right. can't see it. That's right. And you saw you saw when Kelsey got his illegal motion that jump. He tries to do that every time, but it's all timing, and if it's wrong, it's a flag, and, and it just happens. So it everyone does in the league, and if you're not doing it, you're going to get screwed eventually. Yeah, you're going to get picked, but, but most of the time... is that an excuse because everyone's doing it? Well, hell yeah, why wouldn't you? you got to compete. It's a com- competition. you got to play the same game. It is part of competition. I will give you that. Game. But, but, but no, 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 you misunderstand. What I'm saying is, why harp on one call? Because it was a garbage call, and that's the there thing. There are a lot of them. Now, I want you to defend this one. Here the Chiefs miss a 37-yard field goal from Matt Wright that really would not have given them a whole big advantage. Would have put them up by four, which is catchable. Defensive holding on the Raiders. How do you call defensive holding on a field goal attempt? It's never called. Okay, make good, maybe. Retribution, possibly, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the the refs normally don't, after a game, say anything about calls. They don't. This one did, and he said the reason I threw it was because Chris Jones's full body weight went down on Derek Carr. Now, what else was he supposed to do? He tackled him correctly. He put his arms up to stop the pass. It causes a fumble and then lands on that's I, I don't understand what is he what are you supposed to do what's your other option not tackle him because that's, that's really the only that is not defensive holding that we were just talking well about. I know but I'm saying the <laughs> retribution back no. to the garbage call I, I told you just earlier I don't think it was a very good call but did it make a difference in the game no not really. Well, they, either way, though, like you said, I mean, even just with the, the gimme on the defensive hold on the field goal, which got us a first down, which, again, I was like, whoa. I, I know first down also got the fourth I touchdown. I know, I know, I know. But at the same time, we won, so who cares? 30-29 to 29 is a dandy football game. I'm interested to see how the Chiefs react to this on Sunday when they play Buffalo. Buffalo's totally different team from Las Vegas. Las Vegas is not all that bad. They're a bogus one and four, in my opinion. They could have won some of these games that they've lost, including last night. But over and above that, that's a team that has me worried because oh, always very early in the season now. We've played five games. They're likely to come back and start making a name for themselves if they can keep their heads on right now. Devontae Adams was terribly upset last night, and you can't get your emotions down like this after one loss. You've got to be ready for every single game. Same with the Chiefs. They, I'm sure, are ebullient after this win, 30-29. They better be ready for... Uh, the Buffalo Bills coming in here because they, uh, and it will be in Kansas City, that'll help. Something that also I was really happy to see yesterday is um, the adjustments, how quickly were made in the first half because you could see nothing was working. And normally it takes, in my opinion, the Chiefs for a long time, it took them a long time to make those adjustments, almost a whole half before they come back out and say, okay, this is what we're going to do now. They were doing it, it felt like, in real time and adjusting to it. And you could see it because as soon as the the first half was coming to an end, you could see it was starting to, momentum was starting to move in our favor. And I think it had to be because of what they started to do on offense and their game plan change. Their change on offense was subtle, but it was there. They decided to make it a little bit more motion, decided to try running, which really wasn't very helpful against uh, Las Vegas. But they did go to the air with the flat outs. And you're working against a young defensive backfield. The Raiders are not a veteran defensive backfield team. 
and you were able to pick them apart. But for the most part, they, they played pretty well last night. That's what I found to be a fascinating aspect of the game because Las Vegas wasn't given any chance. I, I thought the Chiefs would run away with them. 37 to 20 was my pick. But, hey, this is pro football, and as we've pointed out many times, much to the chagrin of our hosts on the show, these are professional football <laughs> They get paid. They were all... Would you guys say two drinks? <laughs> Maybe three. <laughs> Maybe three, especially after staying up late last night. So, uh, baseball's done, right? Cardinals are out and it's over. Nothing, nothing else going on? <laughs> the season's it's come that, to an end for done. everybody. No more, no, more, no more baseball, huh? Actually, the best of five divisional series do begin today, and I have to use that in a plural because all four of the games are being played today. Philadelphia Atlanta begins it. They're first on the agenda. Seattle Mariners visiting the Houston Astros. The Cleveland Guardians taking on the New York Yankees. And then late tonight, the Padres and the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. These are best of five, Mike. And the winners of this one go on to the League Championship Series, which is best of seven. Then the winners of that go to the World Series. We are a long way from concluding the season, and I've voiced this thought many times before, and I'll voice it again. This season is way too long. You're going to have the World Series ending, if it goes full seven games, on November the 5th. Could be snowing by then. This is, this is not right. It's not the way it should be. Need to shorten the season and have the playoffs condensed. Of course, this year is a bit of an anomaly, and that's because of the ragged start to the season, the players' nonsense and all that sort of thing. But over and above that, this is too long, but nothing we're going to do about it now. It's in progress. It is in progress, and I'm telling you, if, if the guy who loves baseball more than anything else in life is saying the season's too long, <laughs> you need to listen to Ned because uh, he loves baseball, and if he's like, oh my God, anymore, I can't take it, you know it's too long. <laughs> All right, so uh, there's no way the uh, MSU Bears are still in the top 25, is there? No, there isn't any way, and they aren't, and that is very painful. The Bears lost, as many of you know, their third straight conference game last Saturday falling to Southern Illinois 38-21 and their fourth loss in a row. Now, you have to erase the one because it was against Arkansas, which at the time was number 10 in the nation. Well, the Razorbacks have also fallen on difficult times. Oh, they got blasted by Mississippi State over the weekend after losing to Alabama last week, so they're having their own problems. But over and above all that, Bears out of the top 25. Missouri State is idle this week. They have, obviously, a bye week, and then go to Northern Iowa in the latter part of October. Northern Iowa is not the Northern Iowa of the past. They are very vulnerable. The Bears have to go up there and win. Are the Bears still in the playoff picture? I guess maybe theoretically they are, but they really can't afford any other losses, and I really think they may have succeeded in having that final loss I can't really say succeeded because that's not what they've done, but defeated with that final loss, and that may have cost them really dearly against Southern Illinois. But over and above that, hey, you've got to get a win every time out. Five games remain, and it's the onus is on their shoulders now to really play some solid football. It really is, and uh, I, I just you had just the best hopes in the world, and God, man. Oh, well, there's always next year. Um, so, uh, interesting decision in regards to uh, someone's future. That future is Albert, Albert Pujols. I know many of the Cardinals fans, in fact, all of Cardinals Nation, were hoping that when he retired, 
he might become a Redbird and maybe be a roving coach or something of that caliber or just a, a figure in the stands greeting people and all that, which Albert is very good at doing. But no, he has made a commitment. When he signed with the Los Angeles Angels back in 2011, part of the contract called for a 10-year services contract after he retired. He said the other day to the press that he is going to honor that. That means he's back in California now and going to work for the Angels for the 10 years, or as long as they want him, of course, before they pay it off in in total. But a personal services contract with the Angels, he's going to honor that, so that will take him at least for now right out of the Cardinals' mix. That's a shame because Albert is a Redbird, and I really think that when he goes into the Hall of Fame five years from now, he will do so with a Cardinals hat, I would think. But... We'll see what happens. He is going to honor his commitment to the Angels. Probably going to be one of those hybrid half-Cardinal, half-Angel, half-Dodger. <laughs> I've seen you know, him. <laughs> that, that has been done in the past, but it's pretty rare. They usually, they being the Hall of Fame, which is not part of Major League Baseball as such. It's what it's designed for, and it's it's uh, backed by Major League Baseball, but it is not governed by Major League Baseball. It's governed by its own board. They make the decision as to what hat the player wears after consulting with the player. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure you're probably right on the money. <laughs> He's got to have that Cardinals hat on. Ned, you have a great day and get some sleep.